Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Today's guest is joining us from her farm in beautiful Byron Bay. An award-winning television presenter and meteorologist, she's the author of the Happy and Whole Cookbook and mother to two beautiful boys. Magdalena Rose is an avid foodie, creating recipes that celebrate traditional whole foods while incorporating her love and fascination for the weather. Magdalena's dishes are designed to suit the seasons. Now living the true wholesome Byron Bay lifestyle, Magdalena swapped her busy Sydney life several years ago when her and her husband Darren decided to make the sea change to open a restaurant on a farm. I'm not talking about any farm, I'm talking about the farm, home to the three blue ducks in Byron Bay. Magdalena's work has been hugely inspirational for me for quite some time. I'm in awe of the beautiful and nourishing life she has created for herself and her family. There isn't much you couldn't love about Mags. She's warm, kind, and fully embodies what it means to be happy and wholesome. Before we get started with today's episode, I did just want to let you guys know that due to the current restrictions that have been enforced due to COVID-19, I'm no longer able to record interviews in person. And if you have been following the Healthy Hustlers for quite some time, you will know that all the interviews are usually conducted in person, but the health and safety of my guests is number one priority. So therefore, they have been recorded online, so the sound quality may vary from other recordings, but I appreciate your understanding during this time. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Table of Plenty's new probiotic kefir, pourable yogurt, and delicious range of functional mueslis. Welcome back to The Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm super excited to be chatting to you today. How are you? Yes, I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, it's so nice to connect with you finally. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. And isn't it strange that we're doing it in these weird coronavirus times? Oh, but, no. Hey, here we are. <laughs> we're here. Um, and we have been trying to do this one for a while. I'm a huge fan of everything that you were about. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on the show. And I know we were meant to do this in person in beautiful Byron Bay. But yeah, given the current situations, we haven't been able to do that. But we're making the most of it. So um, super excited to chat. But yeah, I'd love to get a little bit of an insight into how you're going at the moment. You've had some huge amount of change, you know, with your businesses um, and everything during the current situation. So how are you coping? Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. At the moment, we're actually pretty good, but you know, it's been a bit of a journey. I think like a lot of people, we've gone through so many emotions dealing with all the changes and, and, and everything that's been happening. And I think that there's a lot of anxiety around it simply because there are a lot of unknowns. And initially, when we weren't sure about what we're supposed to do with the businesses, we're asking ourselves, a lot of questions around, you know, keeping the community safe and keeping staff safe and all, all of that kind of thing. And it was a really sort of difficult and, and stressful time. And I kind of felt like for a while there, I was in mourning, you know, I was sort of walking around really fragile and like, you know, if somebody just looked me in the eye or, or asked me how I was, I, I honestly felt like, and I did a couple of times burst into tears oh. just because, I don't know, I just found it, I, I found it really difficult, but I think- yeah. This sense of closure and surrendering to what's happening, 
has been really helpful and just sort of counting our blessings you know we we there are definitely massive losses in business but there are huge gains in our home life just having um, my partner Darren around a lot more um, even things like finally 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 he's done the garden landscaping like which is <laughs> like four years in the making you know and just seeing him sort of cook on the barbecue cook for pleasure and yeah. cook with the kids and you know those things are priceless and I'm just really really grateful that we have our health, that we're in a place, you know, like Byron. And actually, this is weird timing as well, but, uh, and quite unfortunate, while the restaurants were closing, our littlest son, Charlie, he's almost two, he fell off a, off a ladder and broke his leg. And Oh, um, my goodness. I know. And it was so stressful because when it happened, he was really, really crying. And, like, I think every parent knows when the cry is more than, a, more than the normal cry. So I knew that something wasn't quite right, but I had this really stressful moment of thinking, oh my goodness, I hope that nothing, like I didn't know his leg was broken at the time, but I just thought, gosh, I hope there's actually nothing, you know, he hasn't hit his head or I had all these terrible scenarios going through my head as I was driving to the hospital. And you know, when it's that real, you sort of really, really count your blessings and think if he's okay, if it's just a broken limb. I will never complain about another thing again. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. It was just a massive wake up call. Like I just yeah. thought, if he's cool, then I'm cool with everything. It doesn't matter if the restaurants are shut. It doesn't matter how much we lose. As long as we're all okay, I'm okay. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a nice way to look at it. And I think through this whole situation, like perspective is key here. You know, there's always yes. a worse situation or things can be worse. So I think as much as that is so hard when you're in the guts of it and you're living and breathing it every day, it's so beautiful that you're still able to look at other situations and just know that, you know, your health and happiness of your family is the most important thing. I think a lot of people are, are on this wavelength at the moment um, where it's a terrible, terrible time and uh, it's very, very tragic on many levels. And I think that, um, you know, there can be a little bit of fear around what are we coming back to and, and everything. However, on the plus side, you know, there has been a lot of a lot of people talking on social media and, and whatever just about how what an opportunity this is, you know, for mm. – it's that reset. It's that reset for the environment. It's that reset in our own lives, in our health. And it's a wake up call. And the thing is, you know, if we don't make the most of this opportunity to make positive change, then I think it's been a, a lost opportunity, you know? 100%. And, like, and it's really amazing. Like, it's just really amazing to even see on social media, people's content has kind of shifted. I feel like there's a lot more purpose that people are really giving and people were so keen to sort of share tips and connect like you know social media for a while they was getting a little bit at least for me anyway it was getting a little bit I don't know I just started to think oh gosh this is it's getting a little bit I don't know narcissistic and Absolutely. boring and, mm-hmm. and and I've just seen a real shift in, in in that and I think there's there's a lot of positivity to come out of it so I'm happy that that conversation is being had. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's so funny because last night my husband and I were going for a walk along the beach and we ran into my best friend. She was going for a run and we'll, so we kind of all kept walking up the beach together and she's just started running again. And she said, oh, it's so funny. Like now that the only thing that we have to do to exercise is everyone is out walking and, you know, people that may not have even been for a run or a walk with their families for five or six years, or it would be the last kind of thing that they would think to do are out and about. So like our, our beach strip was, you know, packed with people exercising. And, and I turned to them and I said, yeah. And how amazing if, 
we come out of this and people actually realize how much fresh air and movement and doing an outdoor activity with your family, how much joy and happiness that actually brings. Like what a beautiful thing to come from this. And I'm like, you know, the thing that people are left with right now is one, having to be creative about how you stay entertained and amused with Mm -hmm. the kids. You have to kind of cook and, and I guess experiment in the kitchen a little bit more because our health is our priority and, and everyone I think is quite aware of that now being healthy is, is more important than ever and the only activities we have to do to go outside is to exercise so all of a sudden it's making people these things in life that are so important it's making people really aware and almost engage in them. Absolutely and I think one of the most beautiful things about all of it is that pretty much all of the things that we can do are really simple things and yes. Finding joy and gratitude in the simple things is key because I think in the health space, it actually started, for me anyway, uh, my perception was that it started to get really overwhelming and there were so many conflicting messages about what to do and what's the healthiest way to eat and a million different supplements and and ways of doing stuff. And I think it, it, it actually got quite overwhelming. And this has just brought it back to the simple things like just going for a run or just being out in the fresh air or just cooking yourself a healthy meal, like in the end, that's the most sustainable, I think anyway, that's the most sustainable and best thing you can do for yourself. And it and most of it is cheap and it doesn't cost money and it, you know, creates connection between people. And I just think that's a really positive thing. Like it's it's bringing us back to what really matters and yes. it's kind of cutting out the shit, you know what I mean? Yes. And I think we overcomplicate our life so much, especially, you know, with being so busy and being online Mm. all the time and social media and this, I guess this mentality of always wanting more. And I know I'm definitely guilty of it as well of like, you know, even just with work, it's kind of you achieve one thing and it's like, okay, I need to need to achieve the next. And it's almost like you just never feel, feel fully accomplished or like you've, reach something whether this time is like for me personally even making me reflect on the things I have achieved and probably being more grateful for them rather than just going on to the next thing and the next thing it's really making me pause and think well you know look how far you have come and you can still continue to do that but let's put a bit more purpose and reason behind why why you're doing it all so I think it is a really nice time to reflect and yeah just figure out why we're doing things as well like uh, is it making us happy is it making us the best version of ourselves um, instead mm. of just always filling up our cup with more and more and more things? I think it's, yeah, making us all have to be a little bit more aware. So, and people love, have the space, you know, they, they've, they've got the space to have that conversation with themselves. Yes. Um, you know, it's not just like a weekend away and then suddenly you're back into it again, you know, like we have a lot of space to fill. Yes. Um, over the next few <laughs> Maybe weeks. Maybe for a long you know? time. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's a kind of, there's a scary element to that as well. But again, it's just about looking at the opportunity that we have from having that much space. It could be, you know, I, I, I'm very, very hopeful that good comes out of all of this, you know, on many, many fronts. I'm really, really hopeful. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I, I really hope so too. I agree that I think it'll be a missed opportunity if it doesn't. So Mm. I guess though, you know, we have touched on it, that there is a bit of fear and and anxiety that does face these times, especially when it's so unknown. And I guess what you were saying with the restaurants earlier, prior to, you know, the government actually telling you what you had to do, there was a lot of unknown and that, and that 
fear comes from that. What have you been doing during that time to really prioritize your health? I've always had a little bit of a rhythm around cooking and preparing food. And I actually found a lot of comfort in in sharing, you know, and having the space because so much of the other stuff I was doing was no longer possible, um, work-wise, I should say. It gave me the space to be able to share a lot more of, of what I do with other people. And I kind of found, I found comfort in that. So yeah. there are a lot of sort of, you know, healthy recipes that I do or immune boosting things that I'm sort of interested in. And in that time of unknown, it's almost like there's comfort in some kind of a structure. There's comfort in some kind of a rhythm. And so I just continued my rhythm of sort of cooking and doing the things that I normally do with the children and whatever. Um, but it was just really nice to sort of include, you know, the broader community in some of that as well. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I remember seeing your post actually and you were saying how you were trying to think of ways how you can support your community during this time and it was through cooking. And I loved that so much because I actually was given your book, Happy and Whole, um, by my best friend for my birthday. I think it was two oh, years ago now. that's so nice. Yeah. And um, I remember when she gave it to me, it was a really interesting time because I was I was navigating a lot of what I wanted, you know, how I was going to continue working and loving what I do. And I really had this kind of like intrinsic belief that there was something more, but I guess I was trying to navigate what that actually was. Mm. And my best friend gave me your book and I remember just looking at the cover and it's saying happy and whole. And I was like, that is what I want in life. I just want to feel happy and whole. And Byron Bay is actually a really uh, special place to us. I met my husband there when I was 21 ah. and we got married there um, la- oh, 2018. And so, you know, going through your book and obviously, you know, it's set in Byron Bay and from the seasons and I just felt so connected and so drawn to it and yeah, have followed and loved you ever since. And all oh, that's so about. amazing. That so, means so much to me. Gosh. Oh, thank you. No, I really do. And so, you know, that's why I really wanted to get you on the show. And I guess I love that you have been able to really showcase your meals through using the seasons. Um, Mm. So can you talk, I'd love to get a little bit of insight into where the inspiration for Happy and Whole came from. In a former life, before we moved to Byron Bay, I was was working in television. I was um, presenting mainly at Channel 10. So I was doing things like the news and the weather, filling in on the project and all sorts of stuff. And so my meteorology background came into the weather stuff as well. So I've always had a real passion for the environment and the weather. And I guess my approach towards doing the weather was always about connecting it to people's lifestyles. So rather than just giving them, you know, a terminology and numbers and whatever, I always tried to make it sort of mean something to people when I did my weather reports. And then when we moved to Byron Bay, leaving my career behind to sort of support my, um, my partner in opening this restaurant on a farm, now, this is, might be a bit of a long-winded answer to what you just no, asked No, I love me, it. No, I want to know it all. <laughs> it, well, it kind of left me with a bit of a gap. Like, I didn't have a choice when it came to continuing my career because there was no way I was going to be able to do what I did in television in Byron Bay. So I was sort of forced to stop. And I was happy to do so because it was always his dream. It was like a chef's dream to open a restaurant on a farm. And I was like, this is a no-brainer. I'm more than happy. You know, I was happy to do it. And, like, who wouldn't want to move to Byron Bay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I would be lying if I, if I didn't admit that after a few months I found myself a little bit lost because 
my identity, like so many other people's, was mm. based around my job and I got my self-esteem from being able to do all of that as well and I'd worked so hard and I thought, this is, it's really nice being here in Byron, but like, did I make the right decision? Because I spent all these years trying to get to where I was and what am I even doing here? And I had this, you know, little while of sort of soul searching and reflection and then in the end, I had to force myself to surrender to the moment and and I just sort of I remember just sort of saying to myself okay if you could just do anything you want to do right now what would it be and I thought all I really want to do because in my life outside of work I've always been passionate about food and cooking it's something that I've always done I thought you know what all I really want to do is cook and be creative so I'm going to use this time to do that so I started to do that I started my blog and I kind of drew on a little bit of my meteorology background because I decided to sort of, um, I had themes. So I had food that you'd want to eat when it's sunny, food that you want to eat when it's humid, food that you want to eat when it's cloudy, um, when it's rainy. Because I feel like it doesn't matter what time of the year it is, if it's a rainy day, suddenly we all feel like baking or having, you know, a spag bowl with a glass of red wine. When it's humid, you start craving, you know, fish or sashimi Mm. or those sort of Asian tropical flavors and coconuts. And when it's sunny, you might want a really nice salad or or you want, might want to make something and like a dessert that's sort of colourful and fruity. And and so I sort of based my recipes around, you know, the kind of food that you want to eat in different types of weather because I feel like whether we realise it or not, it's what we're doing when we make decisions mm-hmm. every day. And so I, I started this blog sharing my recipes and then shortly after I was approached by a publisher to turn it into a book, which sort of blew me away, but I wasn't it took a long time for me to agree to it. I, I just sort of felt like I wasn't worthy in a way. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. It's funny. And I and Darren was like, you were crazy. Do it. And I was just like, no, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just not worthy. Do you know why now what was creating that feeling? I think it's a silly feeling we all probably yeah. have. I, mm. I, you know, on, to, on, on some level, and I always envy the people that that appear like they don't. Although I think that everyone, most people, I think, have a little bit of that on some level, and I think it is it's healthy to have a little bit of it. But if you have too much of it, you can miss out. And you know, if I didn't have him pushing me to do it, I could have missed out on a really amazing opportunity. You know? Yes, absolutely. Um, and so it was a bit of a lesson in backing yourself. Uh, yeah, definitely. A massive lesson in backing in, in backing yourself and. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I've kind of learned from that and now I sort of, I'm more confident in doing that kind of stuff and having those things. But yeah, I think it's also to do with a career change, you know, that if, if somebody had asked me to write a book on meteorology, I would have been like, yeah, I've got this. But it was the fact that I was, I diversified and done something completely new to the outside world anyway, Yes, that I sort of felt like I had to earn it. Definitely. Um, and yeah, so, I can resonate. I can totally resonate with that feeling of just being almost that question in your head of like, who do I think I am? Like, why do I think yeah, I can right. do this? <laughs> I know. So I know. And, like, and the funny thing is actually, yeah, and I, and I said to Darren, who do I think I am? You're the chef, you know, <laughs> you, you've earned the right to write these cookbooks. And he just kept saying to me, that's fine, Mags, but you can cook. And your recipes are, you know, are great. And and you're the one that cooks in our family. And you should be like, if if yeah, he goes, you just got to back yourself. And I was like, all right. Definitely, it's so important, isn't it, to have that person in your life who is your greatest cheerleader and he's always backing you. I think it's it's definitely a key ingredient to success is having that person. 
So yeah, it's so I, nice. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, whether that's, you know, your best mate or your mum totally, or whoever. Your mum, auntie, yeah, whoever it yeah. is. Yeah, I, I think, think that it's really important to be vulnerable and to be able to have somebody where you can completely be yourself as tragic as that may be sometimes, you know. I think it's no, really definitely. important. I think it's really important to have that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I love what you just said then about being vulnerable. I think being comfortable or vulnerable enough to be comfortable with our weaknesses um, yes. is a really important thing. And I think, you know, we need to be more aware of that and more comfortable with it to be able to kind of step into that fear and to take risks or to do something that makes you feel that little bit uncomfortable. Like, writing your book yes. I'm sure that felt really uncomfortable at the start so yeah exactly I, to- I totally agree with you um and I think I think there's just a real beauty in um in true honesty you know yes in, especially in a world that's very filtered and where even I feel like there's it's now kind of hard to know like there's there's authenticity that I'm sort of like not sure if the authenticity is authentic but I just think there's a real beauty in in sort of honesty and people just calling it for what it is and it and even and and sometimes it can be uncomfortable but I love it like I love nothing more than an honest conversation with my girlfriends you know yes. I think that's oh, one of the most yeah. oh love it it just like fills up your cup so much I always yes. just walk away like oh my soul just feels like it's smiling so much right now yeah, it's just exactly the best exactly. feeling ever I know I love it too so you have touched on the fact that you and your beautiful family live in Byron Bay. What does a normal day look like for you guys? Yeah, oh gosh, I can't even remember. Well, what is there a normal like. day? Yeah. Now, oh my gosh, yeah. it's so different now. But I mean, in general, like it's the funny thing is, it's it keeps evolving and changing with my children's ages because yeah. when they're little and and they're babies and whatever the kind of work that I was doing was a little bit different. I'd be sneaking in, you know, writing stuff or recipe testing when they're asleep and Mm. all that kind of stuff. And then as they get a little bit older, it sort of changes. So it's always changing, but I guess some of the the, the things that are, that have always been a bit of a staple, no matter what, is that generally speaking in the morning, we love a bit of a family coffee, whether that's coming to one of the restaurants when they were open, you know, first thing in the morning before everybody comes in, we'd get a coffee and a croissant and sort of hang out. And actually, Darren and I used to have a bit of a ritual of, um, this is so nerdy, but we used to do the crossword every morning. Oh, uh, I love that. That's it's awesome. so, we love it. Like, it was just like our little guilty pleasure, like coffee and a crossword. So um, nice. And that's when the kids were young enough to either sleep in the pram or kind of, Yeah. we haven't been able to do it for ages now because Archie's four and Charlie's almost two. So now it's one of these things that's like it's a real treat, you know. When you get to do that, yeah, I love that. Yeah, if like if mum's looking after the kids or something, we're like crossword, and we'll pull yes. out one that we saved from like three months ago, um, some old wrinkly paper. Um, yeah, so we really like doing that in the morning, and I guess throughout the day it really changes, but it can be it's a, it's a little bit of a juggle where it's sort of like I'll be doing something with the children, and there's always an element of preparing a meal and, and eating with the kids, you know, whether it's like lunch or breakfast or whatever, I sort of involve them in that. And I make sure that at least one of our meals is a, you know, is an eating at home meal. I know that might sound a bit strange, but I make sure that we, we always have at least one meal at home. And, you know, it can be everything from working on recipes to doing a shoot to doing a podcast, my own or, or something like this with you 
or working on a product or, you know, helping Darren out at the restaurant. So every single day is, is really varied, but I'm very grateful for that flexibility. I never could have known because we moved to Byron before we had children. I never could have known how good this is. I'm just so, I'm so, so grateful that we came here and that we have this flexibility where I get to really sort of marry, you know, work with home life so well. Yes. And, and even, and even include my kids in my work a little bit, like yeah. often oh, the recipes that I'm testing, like they're there for it. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of part of it. Cause it's like a lot of, you know, my sort of mantra is that, you know, my food has to be foolproof, easy, simple, nourishing. So if I can't make it with my kids, like tugging at my leg and getting involved, <laughs> then I'd rather just not put that recipe up because I yes. like to think that anyone who's attempting it, that it's going to work because no one's got the time or money, I feel, to do this stuff twice. Like if Definitely. dinner's got to go on the table, dinner's got to go on the table, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that's and how I'm testing my recipes. So if it works, then it means it should work in most people's home. We'll be right back after this healthy break. We have all heard that our gut plays a huge role in keeping our bodies and our minds happy and healthy. Well, nourishing your body and getting your daily dose of inner goodness is now even easier with Table of Plenty's new probiotic kefir, pourable yogurt and delicious range of functional mueslis. Their probiotic kefir is packed with 10 live cultures and more than 90 billion friendly bacteria. 10 times more than regular yogurt, making it a great add to your morning brekkie. Like all things Table of Plenty, the probiotic kefir and prebiotic fibre muesli nourish your body from the inside out. Enjoyed together, they are the perfect combination of pre and probiotics that you need for a happier, healthier gut and a great way to kickstart your day. Look for them today at your local Coles supermarket. That's one of the most beautiful things about, you know, eating healthy, I think, and eating fresh produce is that it can be so simple and it's almost just having the confidence or knowing how to put it together, following one of your beautiful recipes and being able to cook a really nourishing meal. There's just nothing more fulfilling, I don't think, than being able to do that for your family or for, you know, your housemates or your extended family. It's such, there's such a beauty in it. So I I love that you share all of those. Yeah, I totally agree that, you know, simplicity is key and it doesn't have to be a big palaver. And I think that it's the one pot wonders that I love the most because you get them on in the morning if they're a slow cooked one and then it just cooks itself. And so during that crazy time when, you know, the kids are going a bit nuts or the baby needs a feed or whatever, dinner's already there just waiting for you to eat it, you know, and then you can pimp it up. Like I always, I always talk about pimping up food, like a really simple stew can feed a baby, it can feed a toddler, and then adults can pimp it up with like creme fraiche and fresh herbs and chili and you can do all sorts of stuff to make it a little bit more interesting. But I like the idea of a, of a family meal as opposed mm. to like baby food, toddler food, adult food. I think where possible I try and make it the one thing, otherwise it can just be too much work in the end. Um, oh, but yeah, I'm I forgot to mention learning that, that at the moment. Right? <laughs> That's what I keep saying to my husband. I'm like, it's got to be food that we eat. Like it's just got to, you know, even doing our groceries, like we go yeah. to the, our little local organic grocery. I'm like, I'm not, you know, Georgia needs to eat what we're eating. So it's almost like, okay, I'll leave these veggies aside and make them for her and we'll roast them this way or do them, you know, with a bit of seasoning or pimp them up, as you'd say. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, there's such benefits in that as well because no one wants – 
to be doing 14 different different meals. <laughs> And it just means that you're not, it, firstly, the, the nice thing about that is that if, if you are cooking for yourself, if you can make it something that can be adaptable for a baby and toddler, A, it just means you're making something once. B, it means that they're eating fresh because obviously during that whole puree stage, it's really convenient to freeze and whatever. But the more fresh, the better, you know. And Absolutely. so if they're sort of eating what you're eating, then they're getting more of the fresh. And there's that kind of like building of food culture that I think is um, a really important element of cooking for children and, and nourishing children. It's that sort of, it's the kind of unspoken stuff like eating all together, them seeing you eat the food that they eat. Yes. I think as well. We, it, it kind of, it's an unspoken sort of almost thing like, yep, it must be okay if like mum and dad are eating it, I'm eating it. it I, th- I just think that those those natural things build really strong relationships with food and really positive relationships for food with kids and it can be easy to forget about that stuff you know definitely when we're in the whole juggle of like just trying to get it all sorted yes absolutely and I think you know I love exactly what you said then because I'll even notice on some nights if we are having dinner later or you know it just hasn't worked out and I'll I'll give Georgia her meal because I can see she's getting a little bit tired and like she's only seven months but still then she'll watch us eat a little bit later when she's ready for you know boob and bed and you can see she's more interested in our meal and us eating than she was in her own so I'm like yeah even just from such an early age like they're so (laughs) instinctive kids and they can tell you know oh mum and dad are eating now like why aren't I eating I want to be eating that (laughs) and so I think yeah that's such a beautiful thing to bring up because I think it's really really important especially in these younger days it creates a such a beautiful sense of family and coming together and I think mealtime mealtime for me growing up was always mum always made us sit at the dinner table so we're never allowed yeah. to sit on the couch it was always you know one set one kid sets a table the other serves up the dinner and we all had to sit down as, as a family and have a conversation and I yes. remember as a kid just being like oh this is such a drag like I just want to watch you know tv and all the other kids at school get to sit on the couch or whatever you know there's always I know, a, I know. it was always like this is the worst thing mum but now it's something I'm so incredibly grateful for because food is such a beautiful thing for my family that you know to celebrate and come together around a and it just feels like such a natural thing now to sit around a dinner table and have a really good conversation. And I think some of my most favourite and beautiful family memories are from being around the dinner table and having a laugh and, you know, sharing what we've all been up to. So I think instilling that from a really young age is a really beautiful thing. I completely agree. And I think that um, in the weird times that we're living in at the moment, it's such a great opportunity to come back to that. And I think a lot of us are craving that, you know, yes. the, the old ways of doing things. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've whenever I've been asked about my food philosophy or whatever, I, I don't really have one. I think it's just the way I sort of look at it, it's a little bit more intuitive, like the way that our mothers and grandmothers used to cook, you know, the way that it sort of used to be pre-technology and, and all of that. And I just think that everything you've said is just, it's so true. But you know what, it's, I think it's also important to sort of set our expectations because like, you know what it's like having dinner with kids. Um, oh, it can, oh, my God. It could be so hectic. Food all over the floor and you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> totally. And, like, the older they get, the more hectic it gets. And I, so I always like to sort of warn people that it isn't always, like, bliss in my house. No. Even though, like, you know, I'm cooking with the kids and, you know, they really like eating everything. They're just like everybody else where they crack it and 
sometimes they don't want to eat, you know, at the time, you know, the same time that we do and whatever. But I just feel like on those days, it's even more of an invitation to keep it simple. So yeah. when I feel like everyone's going to lose it, I just think, you know what, it's not going to kill anyone if we have scrambled eggs for dinner. Mm-hmm. It's actually an egg is probably one of the most whole simple meals in one that you can absolutely. get absolutely it's and like I my think, go-to when I know I haven't had a healthy day or you know like I've kind of haven't yeah. eaten at the right times or I'm like oh you know I missed lunch or whatever I'm like quick cook some eggs and have a banana and yes. you are so fun <laughs> exactly exactly and it's just dinner sorted or even you know cheese on toast like whatever I think it's the the vibe around the vibe around the meal like I would rather there be sort of a more relaxed feeling at a time when it when things can go a bit pear-shaped and I think sometimes my kids especially Archie like he kind of relishes in the sort of like when things are a little bit like off-piste yeah. you know if I'm like you know what Archie guess what we're doing today we're having cheese on toast and he kind of loves it because it's like a bit I don't know it just feels like oh you know it's a bit That's different a real today. treat yeah I love you that. know and it's just yeah. funny like so and it, it just makes everybody a little bit relaxed and you, you know I just think I don't know we can sort of overcomplicate things a little bit 100%. sometimes, me me included, you know, like it's yeah. always it, like I'm learning this from my own mistakes. <laughs> yes. No, I totally agree with that. I definitely think we can overcomplicate that at things. And I, I think it comes down to what we eat, the way we exercise, all of that sort of stuff. Like we overcomplicate it and think it needs to be more than it actually is. So um, I do want to touch on though, I know you are quite passionate about living a sustainable lifestyle and, you know, you are very conscious about the environment, which I, I really love and I admire. And I'd love to know if you have any kind of tips that you could give to the listeners who are wanting to make some greater changes around their environmental footprint one of the easiest things to do and actually I I've started to become more conscious about this moving to Byron I think because it's a place where there's a little bit more of that sort of environmental consciousness anyway but also when I fell pregnant with my first son like a lot of women I, st- I started to question what I was eating and and just a lot of the the the, the things that were sort of around me like you know the, the chemicals that are you know cleaning products and stuff like that and a lot of it just came from simply that I couldn't stand a lot of smells. Like if I smelled a strong bleach or a strong perfume, I actually felt physically ill. I, I couldn't bear it. And I thought, my gosh, this this just smells so wrong. And it's interesting because then you look into this stuff and there's like, you know, 500 different chemicals that can potentially go into just a normal perfume, not to mention the stuff that cleaning products are filled with. And so it started me on this journey of sort of, researching a little bit more and questioning a little bit more about what was around me. And I think that um, when you do that, it naturally takes you on a path of making more, you know, sustainable and ethical decisions. And I think one of the easiest things to do is around food. And I think if you have access to a farmer's market, I just think that is absolute gold. And, And I love my local farmer's market here, but some of the best farmer's markets I've ever been to are in cities like Adelaide. Well, Adelaide Central Market is every day. It's like the best. Wow. The, it's like the best place ever. I'm obsessed with Adelaide Central Market, and you know, Carriage Works in Sydney and Lilyfield and Bondi. Like, there's so many fantastic city markets, and I think if you have access to that, it's so so worth making that a part of you know your weekly or fortnightly rhythm because you're firstly like, you know, the money goes straight to that producer. Mm. Um, So you're cutting out a lot of, you know, middlemen. And I know that a lot of farmers and whatever do it tough. You're cutting out a a, a crap load of packaging. 
just by taking your own bag and putting that stuff in there. Like every time I see plastic wrapped bananas in a shop, I'm like, oh my God, why is there a Crazy. banana in, in yeah. Glad Wrap? It's just like the, it's, it's a weirdest covered. thing. Absolutely. It's so, weird. it's so weird. And, you know, going to those bulk stores and just being able to buy stuff and putting them in your own jars. I think when you're cooking from scratch, that stuff comes naturally. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, it's not about being perfect because I'm far from perfect when it comes to being, you know, completely environmentally conscious. I think in our modern lives, it's, it's, it's difficult to do everything perfectly. And that's not the goal. I think the goal is just to do your best mm-hmm. in within your own circumstances, you know, yes. um, and baby steps. Because if you try and overhaul, it's kind of like cooking. If you try and overhaul your whole pantry at once, if you try and like make everything, every meal from scratch all at once, if you try and if you do yoga and then you're like, right, I'm going to do yoga, Bikram yoga every day for 30 days, I think that can be really punishing and really hard to sustain. Whereas if it's just little decisions like someone that doesn't cook at all, I'm going to cook one meal at home, not even cook, just prepare one meal at home every day from scratch. It becomes easier and when it's easier, it's more enjoyable and therefore it's more sustainable. So I just think it's about sort of um, getting back to basics and asking questions around the stuff that's, that's in our homes, you know, from food to cleaning products. I think there's some of the, the, the biggest changes we can make in our home. Definitely. I resonated so much with every single thing you said then because like I always talk about health as a journey and you know exactly what you said no one is perfect and I'm so far from perfect but it's almost for me about injecting healthy habits one by one and making them a habit and making them you know so a part of my life that I almost don't think twice about them but exactly. with the, the chemicals and stuff I was the same once when I fell pregnant with my daughter maybe it was only it was probably a few months before that and we'd started talking about you know potentially have, trying to have a baby and I was very health conscious when it came to my food and what I was eating but I was I was like okay my next goal is really to detoxify our house and my skin as much as possible and really mm, focus mm. on what I'm using in our home and, and on my skin and at the same time that coincided with falling pregnant so it became even more important to me because I was so aware of whatever was going on my skin or in my body was obviously going to my baby exactly. and the little apps that you can go to that show you about you know the baby growing and I remember seeing one day I was craving chocolate and I looked at the app and it said like my baby's vocal cords were growing today and I thought oh my goodness is if I'm going to go and put chocolate like you know sugar that much sugar into my body when my baby's growing its vocal cords today like that's insane <laughs> to think I know and so you wouldn't care about yourself if it was about your vocal no, cords yeah like, exactly yeah give me the chocolate I need it um and I remember that just being a really big turning point of like every decision I was making then was about my baby's growth. And so instead I found it, you know, a really healthy recipe or easy way to make chocolate that didn't, wasn't full of sugar and it was kind of this flow and effect. So yeah, I just love what you were saying then because I don't think it's about changing everything at once. It's about injecting those things one by one and then becoming a habit and becoming so a part of your life or else it does, it becomes so overwhelming and you just, you feel so consumed by it almost or it just feels easier to to almost fail or fall down so yeah I loved completely, what you completely and and also like doing it all at once you know sort of going into a health food store and like just trying to blitz it all at once that that kind of thing can also be quite expensive and a little yes. bit overwhelming whereas if it's done in a sort of um like a, a measured way 
in the end, I've found that it's cheaper to do things that like it's it's actually cheaper to do things in a little bit more sustainable and an ethical way because you end up sort of using like really basic products. Like for example, for most of my cleaning, I use baking soda and vinegar, which yeah. is suit which and and essential oils, which is super cheap. Like so much cheaper than buying a, like a spray thing um, at the supermarket. Absolutely. Uh, sa- same as food, like making your passata from scratch or making a pesto from scratch. A lot of this stuff is so much cheaper than getting it already made. And most of it, like if you're making it at home, there's no preservatives, there's no additives, there's none of that stuff. Um, so I just think, yeah, like starting to question that stuff. And I, I wrote a couple of chapters about that in my book on detoxifying the home and also about DIY beauty because. Uh, when I used to work in television, I had really bad rashes on my skin from just the heavy use of makeup. And I couldn't avoid the makeup because it was part of the job. But I started to question the skin products I was using at home, like cleansers and whatever. And once you go down that rabbit hole, you're like, oh, my God, oh my there's nothing like, what can I actually use on my face? But the nice thing is that there are so many, like the industry is really going that way, you know? Yes, it is. There are so many more options now than there were like five years ago. So I just Mm -hmm. think it's becoming a lot easier to be able to make sort of cleaner choices when it comes to that stuff. Yes, 100%. And it's so true what you said. It is such a rabbit warren and you just, the deeper you get, I think the more engrossed you get in just making changes and being so passionate about it because all of a sudden you're like, holy moly, like how did I not know any of this? Like it becomes I know, it's so crazy. almost this like crazy obsession of just like wanting to keep getting better and better in a way. So Mags, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved chatting to you. Like I've said through the podcast, I just adore everything that you're about and I highly, highly recommend everyone to grab your book, Happy and Whole. It's a beautiful one that I go to and use all the time in my home. So thank you so much for that and for being such an inspiration. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's It's been such a pleasure catching up. And it's just amazing that you guys interview so many people and you spread such f- inspirational and, and interesting messages. And you're amazing. I can't believe you've got a seven-month-old and you're doing this. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> it's you. Unbelievable. So <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Hubby's probably looking after the baby now. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I've, um, I've jumped with the kids with Darren. I'm I like know you yeah. had to escape the house to be able to do this because I'm like, if I can hear them crying upstairs or stomping around, I won't be able to concentrate. I know. It's one of those things, isn't it? I think that balance, it's like, well, I don't know if you ever do balance it. It's, it's exactly. a juggle, I say. Like I yes, keep saying to my I girlfriend, totally like, the juggle's real. But um, yeah, thank you for being flexible with time because I my husband's still working. He's an uh, electrician, so they're still oh, working at the moment. So it's a real juggle at the moment. I'm like, can you be home by four, do you think, <laughs> or four? five so I can sneak a podcast in so it's nice that he gets time but um, it's interesting what you said about it's interesting what you said about balance because um I just feel like balance is this sort of unachievable thing in a way you know definitely that that, and there's no point in sort of aspiring to it it is a bit of a juggle but and one of my good friends actually um had the great analogy of just when everybody because she's quite successful in business and family life and whatever and everyone's like how do you do the juggle and she's like I drop a few balls that's how I do it, you know? And I think that's a really powerful lesson, like in prioritizing and being okay with like stripping back. Yeah. So I think that we've sort of been forced to drop a lot of balls. Yeah. (laughs) That is such a beautiful way of looking at it. Cause I think, you know, we can so easily try to get caught up in having it all and doing it all. And Mm. it's just, 
it's not achievable really. So I know personally, I've definitely stepped back to like, okay, well, if I can find one thing in each day that brings me joy or makes me feel like I've achieved something for my business, even if it's only 30 minutes of work, like while George is sleeping, then that's enough. Like I'm comfortable with that being enough for now. Um, Exactly. my job as mum is is the most important thing. So I think it is, to, yeah, just it's finding what you're comfortable with letting go of and what you're willing to work harder for almost. Totally. And knowing that everyone's everyone's version of that is so different, you know. Absolutely. Like there are some women that need to do more in the workspace and whatever and I just feel like everybody's got their own. It's, it's completely about, which is really hard to do, finding your own own version of okay you know yes absolutely and owning it and and just not giving a shit about what anybody else is doing yeah and not looking into (laughs) anyone else's lane or comparing yourself just doing you for you I think yeah it's so so important and so powerful totally the grass is green where you water it oh yes I love that quote so much (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much I'm incredibly grateful for your time and I will be visiting you as soon as this is over we're booking it we were actually well as you know we're meant to be um in Byron so as soon as all of this is over we're rebooking our flights and I'm coming to visit you at the farm (laughs) to have a coffee see you in Byron that sounds awesome oh thank you so much thank you Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.